Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing? Good. We're talking tonight on a rainy night in the Edmonton St. Albert area. Uh, on yeah. the, the owners, just one. It was an. Ex- it's funny. The last game was so depressing, and this game was quite uplifting because uh, it was a five-three uh, Oilers victory. But the players just look so much. A lot of them look so much better this game, and yeah. uh, I guess we're going to be figuring out what kind of team we have for the next couple months before we, at least for the next month, before we really know what kind of team we have. But there was a couple really exciting developments. Of course, Ethan Bear had a kind of a breakout game. Now we've seen other players in preseason have big moments. Like we all recall the Puliyarvi Raddy Yamamoto scoring explosion last year in preseason. Sure do. But tonight, Bruce, we're going to just go through the bubble players, the players oh. who are still finding roles on the team, haven't yet made the team. If they have, there's not not certain what they're going to do, and we'll talk about each one in turn. A couple of so, made the team tonight, I think. All right, let's well, let's start with the man of the night. Let's start with the defense, and let's start with Ethan Bear. Uh, what was your take? Oh, liked a lot, liked a lot what I saw of his game tonight. Um, maybe he's a little soft at the edge of the crease on the. Uh, 3-2 goal to put Winnipeg ahead. That's really my only criticism. And even that was kind of a circumstantial thing. I mean, all three Winnipeg goals were kind of sloppy, broken plays. Uh, but so much good. Uh, what I liked was his confidence, you know. Uh, two, three times I saw uh, him on a play where Winnipeg was breaking through the neutral zone and the defenseman would just frequently just back in, back in. Uh, he stepped up and picked off a couple of straight passes before they ever got through the neutral zone and uh, took control of the puck and under pressure made a good safe play and outlet uh, to Kluckbaum and started the play going north and and you know just just made it look easy but man that's exactly what you want isn't it and uh, uh, handled the puck really with a plum I think is the word I may have used in the uh, player grades already and then of course uh, in the he, he uh, uh, one shot pass that he fired was tipped by James Neal. That drew a penalty. Then Ethan drew a p- penalty himself when he uh, uh, when he took a high stick along the boards. And then, of course, in the third period, he uh, he was a key player, scoring the 3-3 and then the 5-3 goals that uh, uh, ultimately turned the game in Edmonton's favor. One by going hard to the net, and the other by walking the blue line and firing a shot that found its way through everybody and and in. Bit of bit of bit of a fortunate bounce, but uh, uh, you know he got the, he made a good play to get the shot away, and good things happen sometimes. His ability to walk the line, Bruce, is pretty mm. unusual. I mean, we haven't seen that. We've seen some mm. nice goals. I was just trying to think of like athletic mm. skill goals from defensemen. We've seen a couple from Darnell Nurse the last few years. The guy can fly, and but in terms of walking the line like that. Mm. And getting off a shot, we haven't seen that particular skill possessed by an Edmonton Oilers defenseman, and it's an absolutely essential skill in the modern NHL. So Ethan Bear's always been able to do that. The thing that I find, like I, I wasn't counting on him to make this team, and the reason is Bruce, like he's always looked a little bit slow to me. Mm-hmm. He he looks like a different player, like mm-hmm. literally, because he is more svelte. I swear, Bruce, he was he was carrying ten extra pounds or ex, some extra body he looked like a thicker player he looks like a thinner player right now and we heard that he worked out all summer like he never has before and it's a kind of maturity i guess when they talk about ripening I like you know guys yes. realize like the comp bouchard's coming they've signed this parison guy like 
he was on the outside. If he didn't step up, and then of course he wasn't. He, he was still on the bubble because until Parison got hurt, and man, did he ever seize? That was a indication of a you know all the way along. I think he's been at least as good as Parison in camp. Mm-hmm. And 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 this was one other point I want to make is I would have liked to have seen and I, and I'm continuing on this Marodi and uh, Benson play with some really skilled players because the first time Bear gets the chance to play with the A team with A team players like Cloughbaum and uh, Drysaddle McDavid, he starts to be able to combine in plays. And I just don't think we got. I would have wanted to see one game where Benson and Marodi got to play with that kind of um, right um, top players to see mm-hmm. what they could have done. Yes, because all these other guys have get, been getting lots of chances at that, and you know, so maybe the idea is well, Bear earned it, but he he didn't really earn it. He kind of lucked into it when Parison got hurt. Well, kinda, he did earn it, but he, but he it was also some luck involved. He uh, wouldn't no, have got this chance without the injury. Possibly not. Uh, but uh, they, I've been hearing nothing but positive buzz about the guy, and I've seen him good myself in, uh, you know, in training camp setting and and in uh, 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 in his prior game appearances. But I mean, the opportunity to play with Clefbaum, I mean, Clefbaum made it look so easy tonight. I think he made it look easy for both guys a little bit. But the, you want a guy that clicks with Clefbaum and and bears puck moving uh, to, together with Oscar's mobility. That kind of orders out of trouble. Uh, a few times and the Winnipeg announcers I finally found a decent feed for the third period it was the TSN feed in high definition and and uh, so it was a whole different set of of uh, announcers from Jack and Bob who I heard in the first two periods and, and anyway the Winnipeg guys uh, they were quite effusive about Bear and they talked about how hard he'd worked on his skating all summer specifically his skating and they talked about his edge work and how how effective he was blocking that line, how he made a good play along the boards to reverse to get away from the first checker and then backed into the center of the ice where he let the shot go. And those couple plays I talked about earlier where, uh, you know, a, 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 a diagonal pass in the neutral zone got a little bit ahead of the Winnipeg guy and instead of backing away from it, he stepped right up and took it. That's a guy who's confident on his, on his blades that makes well, that play. Remember that summer where dry settle skating suddenly took this big step up, Bruce? And this is what Robert reminds me of. Like it just looks like a different player in terms of his ability to make moves on the ice. So good for him, Bruce. Um, Chris Russell looked really good, but he's not a bubble player, so we won't t- talk about Russell. Um, what about uh, uh, Brandon Manning? He is a bubble player. Um, I'll, I'll give you my take. Oh, and we have Log. Let's do Manning and Logason at the same okay. time because they um, played together. Yeah, Manning is is not an NHL hockey player. Unfortunately for him, he's just too slow, and uh, he's from another era. He's like mm-hmm. I don't know Brad Marsh kind of game, like he's <laughs> slow. That's a compliment too, isn't it? That is a compliment because Brad Marsh played a long he time in the he NHL. Brandon Manning would have been a lot better in 1990 than uh, than he is in the in the modern game. He's tough, you know. He gets in guys' faces. There's stuff to like about his game, you know. Yeah, I, I don't hate. I, I I I have a the player has a history, but I don't hate his game. And you know, I mean, well, the, the things you mentioned, but he's he's a he's a gamer. Let's put it that way, and he doesn't back off. But he's too. And slow. I like that, but he's too slow. He's not going to make the team, I don't think. What about I? I liked Logason somewhat. Like I thought he was okay. He he's tough. Mm-hmm. He's like a better version of Brandon Manning. Um, you know, I really, honestly, I prefer Caleb Jones, but, uh, 
I, I think that um, Lagerson's probably a year older than, than Jones, and if they're going to have yeah. someone in that seventh D-man role, they're probably thinking, let's just we'll, we'll go with Lagerson there. And I don't, I, I think that would be a, a good idea. I'm not sure I, another year in the HL is going to help the guy. I mean, he's been what is he, 23 or 24? He's ready. He's 23. He's, he, but he's only played one year in the AHL. He played Yeah. He played a year in Sweden when Bear and Jones were playing their rookie year in the AHL. Uh, Lagesson was playing his rookie year in Sweden. And then last year, they were all three in Bakersfield. So, yeah, Lagesson's one year older, but they're very much contemporaries in terms of where they are in the development curve. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I don't think if they decided, well, we've got six healthy guys and we're going to 100% put Manning in the press box uh, for the first couple games. If someone gets hurt, then we can call someone up. It's possible they might do that, but I think it's more likely that uh, that Bear and Lagesson at this point both make the team and Parison starts the year in injured reserve because he's out seven to ten days. Lagesson in his game tonight, he had some iffy moments with the puck. You know, one place where I notice him a fair bit is keeping pucks in at the offensive line. He's he's strong on the pinch, and uh, you're going to get burned, of course, once in a while doing that. But uh, strong in the corners. He, he yeah, he he wins battles. All right, let's go to the forwards, Bruce, and we'll start with Joachim Nygaard. My take on him was like I, I didn't think he had as good a game. I thought as some of the other forwards who who you know obviously a, a couple of guys really impressed. Yep. But I thought he, he uh, I like his speed. I'm a little worried that he's the new Toby Reader and a fast, pesky guy um, with, with a bit of skill, but who's just not going to score in the NHL. We got to see, he's got to start, you know, he's got to put at some points. He does, he does have some moves. He is really fast though. And, and um, it's going to be interesting because, because a lot of these other players like Anton Bertasov and Thomas Jerko, what is it? Is it your Cho, your Cho, your Cho, your Cho, and Bertasov. I thought outplayed him tonight, mm-hmm. as did Gaten Haas. Like, but he was he was still pretty good. But um, they've got some interesting decisions. They do, they do. I liked uh, Negard's game tonight quite a lot of it, and especially that you know a couple of he had a couple of misfortunes early. I think he got hit by a puck, and then he got drilled with a great hip check and open ice. And I thought Harold Ballard's Swedes would have just disappeared right out of this game. But this isn't Harold Ballard's era anymore. And I don't think the Swedes ever were particularly, uh, have lived up, lived down to that reputation. Anyway, this guy, this Swede, he got right back involved in the game. He crunched Tucker Pullman with a really nice hit about two shifts after he got crunched. And he uh, he went hard to the offensive net. He went hard to the defensive net on a good hard back check uh, on one occasion. Uh, he made a real nice diagonal pass that sort of set free uh, the Berdasov dry saddle rush that ended in Bears 3-3 goal. He was the sort of the third assist, so he won't show up on the score sheet, but he had a, an important play. On your scoring system, he got credited for uh, for a, uh, a helper on that, uh, on that goal. Uh, so I saw lots of nice things. Like he's been a, like a stick puck and even skate magnet in the season so far. Like he's he's taken some knocks, and he's hanging in there. So uh, that part kind of encourages me a little bit. Um, let's just quickly go over kind of the four grinder players: Colby Cave, Josh Archibald, Juju Kara, and Patrick Russell. Mm-hmm. I I actually like Kara's game. Yep. Uh, quite a bit because I thought he was puck protecting well and making plays. And he, 
what I'm looking for in all the order forwards is, is people who can make some plays, make some offensive plays, pass the puck, skate fast, play with some skill. I'm tired of this third and fourth line players not being able to score and Kara short a little bit more in that regard. I thought Archibald was pretty quiet, very quiet. I didn't notice him at all. And Caven Russell, um, because other players like Yurchko, Jack Michaels was giving us a Yurcho. Because other players like Yurcho <laughs> and Bertasov were playing quite a bit better, I thought Cave and Russell receded and, and Haas was playing a bit better. So I, I think they played okay games. There was nothing wrong with the way they played, but I'm worried about both of them being able to put up any number of points at the NHL level. Bruce, like I could see both of those guys playing all year and getting like 11 points, like each, like, so, so that's my concern about them. And I don't Cave, think that's Cave and Russell. Yeah. Cave and Russell. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just not, con- I'm not convinced that the offenses there for them to be NHL players, even if the defensive play and the hustle is, and the def- penalty killing is certainly there. Yeah. So it's an interesting, I, maybe they will be the 13th and 14th forwards as has been suggested. So, Yeah, well, Russell, uh, you know, I keep seeing him good, and I think the coaches do too. Uh, what I saw tonight was him winning battles along the boards and deep in his own territory two or three times. He just took guys out, pinned them against the boards, uh, <clears throat> or he came back hard to his own net front to make a play. And uh, one such play, he was the first forward back, and he took his man right to the net and cave as a trailing forward was no longer the center, and he missed completely missed the wingman that um, uh, you know he should have switched off and picked up uh, Russell's uh, defenseman who walked in for a great chance on goal, Tucker Pullman. Uh, so that was a uh, that was again something I think the coaches would probably notice that because Colby Cave, you know, if you're never going to score, then you can't be having de- defensive blunders. I saw zero defensive blunders out of out of Russell. And in the third period, uh, a couple of pretty decent shots. He's got a powerful wrist shot off the off the wing, and uh, uh, some some okay passing. Like he's got a lot of game, yeah, man. He plays two hundred feet. I'm a little less excited about him, honestly, Bruce. I'm not uh-huh. sure the uh, like the offensive plays there. I think he is a solid defensive hockey player mm-hmm. and a really hardworking player. Well, that's his first. That's his first. Uh, uh, ticket to making the team for sure. It's, it's, it sure is. He's covering that base, and that's a pretty big base. And and I like his hunger. Um, yeah. There's lots to like about him, but I'm just wondering, you know, if he's got like we've compared him to Fernando Persani. Fernando Persani got like 15 goals a year, right, in the NHL. So can Russell get 10? You know, can Cave get 10? That's so that's my question best. about those guys, and I'm not convinced that they can. And so uh, uh, let's move on to Gate. Uh, I- I did one one quick add. I did I did see Archibald pretty good in this game. Okay. Very fast on very fast on the forecheck. Good on the cycle. That that line owned the offensive zone a couple of times, and they got a goal off it tonight on the. Uh, Who was that line again? Uh, he it was him and Kara, and instead of Shea in between them tonight, they had Haas. Oh, okay, that was the line. That was yeah. that 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 was an effective unit. Yeah, it I, was. I haven't liked Riley Shea honestly. This mm-hmm. I think he's kind of big and slow. So um, it would be interesting for me to see if Haas and Cave will be the centers. Um, I doubt it, but I, I certainly like Gaetan Haas's game tonight. It was the first time, and as, and as the game got going, he got better. He's fast. He's he really fast. fast, and he's good with the puck, and he looks smart. So uh, I can see why they were interested in this player yes. all of a sudden, hadn't seen it before. I saw it tonight for the first time. 
Uh, what did you give him, a six or a seven? Uh, I haven't got quite that far yet. I've mostly written comments, and I have to fill in the grades yet because right. I was commenting I as I went. But I, I, yeah, no, I, that sounds about right. I, I saw him real good. And mostly it was just small plays, you know, but small, yeah. smart, one plays. Uh, and in, in all three zones where uh, uh, he was, uh, you know, he was moving the puck to good spots, and he was moving himself uh, with alacrity. Like, he is a fast skater. Uh, and he was making good things happen, and then he uh, he finally was rewarded with an assist on the uh, uh, on the last goal by Bear, where he made a real nice uh, play from the corner, and he cut diagonally through high in the zone, and then he fed it across the Bear, and he took a man with him, and that kind of opened up the middle of the of the ice for for Bear to back into, and it was a good play by both of them. And it it was that was uh, created by Huss. And speaking of creating goals, I thought. Uh, you know, the first goal that uh, Yurcho scored, mm-hmm. um, he got that puck in deep, um, mm-hmm. I think. And then uh, Neil went Neil went and fetched it. And Yurcho kind of, I was really impressed by how quickly he got back in the offensive zone. He just went, like, um, I had to watch the replay a number of times to figure out what happened, like who was mm-hmm. coming from where, because my feed wasn't that strong either in terms right. of figuring out who was who. But he got the he got the puck and he was kind of circling back to center ice and then he must have just stopped and started and gone right to the net. Good for him. He really he's got some skill, Bruce. What I I mean, obviously with that goal that he scored and he and Neil combined nicely with McDavid on the power play goal. That was good hands by uh, Yurcho. He he lost the puck, but then he was able to tip it over to Neil, who tipped it over to, to McDavid. So there was yeah. enough skill there. Like mm-hmm. so so for me, the question is like, is it Yurcho or is it Nygaard? Like um, One of those guys might be in the top six, and like, who's been better at this point? And that's a, re- I, I don't. That's a good question. I think it might be Yurcho. Like, I would say Yurcho's been better. That's that's what I'm saying. Even though Nightguard came in with a bigger reputation, this is like a, the Ethan Bear situation again, where Jones and other players had the bigger reputation coming in. This is, Yurcho has been slightly better. Yeah, well, he certainly was good tonight. I mean, two goals and assist, uh, and. As say, you know, just good opportunistic plays in close. Like both his goal, like he was just in the right place and let it go and got it on net and and in and his assist. Uh, Drysdale kind of fired a grenade into his skates and he was able to control it just enough to chip it into a good spot where his teammates could finish it off. But the game winner that he scored on the power play, uh, that was a very slick play, man. He, he, beat the guy outside inside and quick shot right under the you know the six hole under the under the blocker arm and uh, you know that was like out of nothing like he started going wide looks like the defenseman's got bam it's in the net whoa you know and that's the sort of thing that'll get your attention so i'm sure it got coach's attention we need we need scoring from the wings and it's not the first game that he's impressed us david i think he's looked pretty good in every game he, he certainly has Okay, Anton Bertasov, who doesn't have a contract, is on a PTO. Bruce, I you didn't like him. I liked him. No, I I, I like I him. I just that. think he's in tough. He he totally is in tough. I wonder if he'll get. I wonder if he would take a minor league HL deal, HL NHL deal, because two I'd like way, to. You mean? I yeah, two way deal. I hope he sticks with the organization. I like this player. He's big. He's got some skill. He looks like he could score some goals. And again. We can't have this where the bottom six doesn't score any goals this year. So any player who has that ability to me is, uh, and you know, he, 
when he gets the puck, he makes a good play with it. That's what I'm seeing. He was on on Bear's goal. Um, he made an early pass, and he also jammed the goalie, and the puck went over to Bear. I, I thought, and um, yeah, I thought he I thought he passed it directly, but either way, he earned either the first both. or second assist on both. that goal. Yeah. So I liked the player, and and I thought he had a I thought he had a pretty good game. He didn't I didn't think Drysaddle actually brought his A game. So it's kind of hard when your center is kind of in preseason mode mm-hmm. to look fantastic. If I'm completely honest, I, I thought Leon kind of mailed it in a little bit tonight. Um, and uh, he was his, he was responding. Benning really screwed up on that goal against, but Drysaddle was also sleeping in the slot there. Come on. He was asleep oh. on two of the, if not yeah. all three of the Jets' goals yeah. that were all scored against that line. Yeah. But to me, to me, Leon, uh, I thought he was fairly, um, he almost slept through the first two periods. And the third period, he just came alive. He was, a, yeah. he was a dominant player in, in the third period. And I think, I don't think it was just my switch to high definition. It looked like Leon himself dialed into a different level in the final frame. He got a couple of assists and uh, uh, made some good plays all over the ice and you know possession type plays so uh but he's one of those guys uh that you know he's on the team these are tune-up games only yeah it's a different thing for him so it was but, a little made it a little so, hard for Nygaard and Bertasov I'm going to suggest Bertasov I, I he makes a lot of good plays and he makes he, you, you can see the the experience you can see the polish on the guy like like he does little things that have good results uh, for a know, second let's... game, that's the second game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, in the NHL, so preseason, yeah. so not bad. Bird is the word, man. All right, Bruce, I'm gonna. I think that's all the bubble players, but I did want to talk about one other player who's impressed me in the preseason. And again, it's right. just preseason, but James Neal. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can see, you can see the 20 goal scorer there. He's he's he. And maybe I'm just comparing him to Lucic, and maybe I'm comparing him to this kind of bad version of Lucic in my head that really isn't the real Lucic. But the 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 version of Lucic in my head is this player who can't make a play in the offensive end, who's constantly giving away the puck, who's mm-hmm. to, too slow getting there, uh, consistently by half a step, and when he does get a pass, he gave it away. So that's a pretty negative appraisal, but that's my appraisal of Leon or Milan Lucic as an offensive player. Neil seems to be much closer to being there at the right time often and much better when he gets the puck on his stick making a play. So he just seems like a marked, marked improvement over Milan Lucic. And I'm, I hope to continue to see this in the regular season. He looks like he can fit in with McDavid and Dreisaitl and looks like he's going to be, to me, like I wasn't, a lot of people were saying they were hoping or expecting him to score 20 goals. I, and I'm start, I, I'm not going to make a prediction because I, I, I want to see him in the regular season, but that doesn't seem outlandish to me anymore. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, he's a, he's a proven 20-goal scorer, and the only question is, did the wheels come completely off in Calgary, or did they just need a, a wheel alignment and back out or back on the road? Uh, tonight, you know, he had zero shots on net. He had three shot attempts, and they all missed the target, which doesn't sound good. Uh, but he had a good night passing the puck. He had two assists, like in tight to the net. Good passes in tight. He drew a penalty by driving the net and tipping a shot just wide. Uh, uh, you know, he had some positive impact in the offensive zone. I don't see him great. Like a lot of times, he goes, he has shifts at a time, and you don't notice him at all. Yes. But yeah. ar- around around the net, give the guy half a chance, and uh, 
Um, he's certainly capable of making things happen, and uh, he had uh, a couple of key plays on uh, uh, on those early goals. It's funny, Bruce. The, earlier today, after that really terrible game against uh, was it Arizona. Oh, Arizona. I I looked at all the Oiler forwards, who, like first year Oiler forwards in the decade of darkness plus, and there was like. 84 guys who have had auditions with the Oilers in that time, 84 forwards have had at least 10 games and only 13 of them, only 13 of them became good players for the Edmonton Oilers, just 13. So this year we have probably about seven newcomers to the team. I'm guessing seven newcomer, six, six to seven newcomer forwards are going to play about 10 games this year. So if, if, Averages hold. We, we'll be lucky to have mm-hmm. one of them, or we, we can kind of expect maybe one of them to become a good player for the Oilers. And here we are, like here I am, I'll speak for myself, hoping that all, like all of them, of course, can become good players for the Edmonton Oilers. And that's that's the, I'm a, I'm a very optimistic fan. And so that's what I hope right now. But maybe maybe Ken Holland and, and Tippett are that much better than the previous group of um, coaches and GMs at at procuring and working with players and maybe we'll get half of the six who become good players for the orders. That would be fantastic. If we could get half, if we could get three players out of all these players, because we probably mentioned seven or eight here, mm-hmm. if we could get three of those guys to come yeah. up, come up big. And that includes James Neal in that group. Right. Um, that would be huge for the Oilers, obviously. And it would be better than average, certainly than what we've seen in the decade of darkness. What a horrific, horrible, I listed them all. It was like I don't know if you looked over the list, but it was to weep. Well, you've got uh, you've got a bunch of guys. Um, I mean, you remember the famous Craig McTavish quote when he came in and took over the team and said, "We've got a bunch of yeah. guys in the bottom six where a lot of nights the best you can hope for is to break even." <laughs> and yeah. he was right. And he was right. But um, I, I've liked what I've seen. Of course, I'm always optimistic about guys before I see them, but I'm still optimistic about many of these guys now that I have seen them. You know, these uh, these off-season acquisitions of uh, Holland, I, I do think that some of them are going to have a chance to, uh, you know, at least hold their own and and more than break even some nights and and, uh, and hold their own overall, you know, and, and the bottom six has been killing Edmonton for, for too long. Do you think you'll see any... Do you think we'll see any cuts tomorrow, Bruce? Possibly. I mean, they only need to cut four more guys. Yeah. Assuming, so per- assuming Harrison starts on the uh, uh, on the uh, roster. Or well, sorry, Grandland injured reserved. Granlin must. Yeah, Granlin. They haven't been. He's been. He didn't skate since uh, Monday, I think. Okay. So Maybe he may also. Guys. He might also be on IR, which kind of sucks from a salary cap perspective if they have to do that. Uh, but they may want to have a little bit longer look at a couple of these other guys. I mean, if if Granlin's nicked up, and you've got Yurcho, Yurcho, Tomas Yurcho, and you just said uh, it four times different. Yeah, and Joachim Nigard. <laughs> <laughs> And who are and these Joaquin guys? And Joaquin Andujar, isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got at least we've got uh, at least the Dane has got a good pronounceable name, Patrick Russell. Russell, he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he, and you Don know, Bertasov, he's right there too. Yeah, well, Bertasov is a is a contract thing, and they may just say, well, we got guys under contract that are playing just as good as him, so we'll go with those guys. That, that you would know, be he's, it's not go. locked in. It's not yeah. locked in that he'll get signed. I mean, I, I agree. So I mean, it's. 
He's a, he's a nice option. I, I'm hoping we'll see these same guys next game. And I was very happy with um, Tippett's decision tonight to split uh, Connor and Leon. And that way you give four wingers a chance instead of one. Because you put Leon possible. and Connor together, there's only room for one other guy on that line. The second line is a mishmash. Well, tonight you had puck distributors playing center on the first two lines. And the, the, all those wingers had a decent chance to show their stuff. And they showed pretty well. That's exactly why you split them up. And then you have R&H on the third line. And then you don't have to. Then you, then you can have your pick. Then you can have Haas or Sheehan or, or Cave as your you have some decent wingers. Then, yes. <clears throat> and that Haas, the one thing he's got going for him, and it stood out tonight a couple of times, he's a righty. He's, oh, the only yeah, one too. The, he's the only one of the centers. And he's... Um, uh, and having that capacity to take the, the draw, the right shot draw, is important. And it might even be even more important this year with the new rules about the face-offs. For example, the power play team now can choose which side of the ice they can Indeed. take a face-off on. So if you send out a first penalty kill unit, you want to have a righty face-off taker and a lefty face-off taker. Ideally, that can you know at least have a chance to win the draw either side. So having a having a having a competent writing, he went seven wins, four losses tonight, sixty-four percent. So yeah, he was the only guy. Uh, he's the only guy above above uh, the waterline, and and had a decent night in in that regard. So he's he's close. I I think he skates like an NHLer, Bruce. Yeah, and Toby yeah. Cave does not. That's that's the honest to God's uh, truth there, and um, it's going to be. They might be thinking about that, right? They might be looking because the Oilers need more speed. They they were so bloody slow last year in that bottom six. It was just painful to watch. They need faster players. So maybe that's why Bertasov doesn't make it because he doesn't look particularly fast. Like he he's a big guy and he moves well for a big guy. He's kind of like a maroon kind of guy. He doesn't have the boots or anything, but he's not he's yeah. not a speedster. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. Um, I don't know. Yurko, Yurchko, Yurcho, Yurcho. Yurcho. The man of 1,000 names. No, the man of 1,000 pronunciations. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a Yurcho. It's like a toast. We're going to get there. This year, we'll all yell, Yurcho. We're going to... Uh, we're going to, uh, he's, I wouldn't call him a speedster, but I would call him a pretty good skater. And he's very, very agile. He seems to hit the holes well. Yeah, he's very and he's kind of fluid, you know, on his skates. And, and uh, uh, so. Uh, he's he, never scored a whole lot, though. Like, if we're, com- if we're completely honest about his career, like, mm-hmm. he's never been a big, sc- he's been an okay score at the AHL level. But he's never, yeah. he's put up 50 points in, 20, in 200 NHL games. Yeah. So, um Let's keep that in mind in our analysis of him. So, of course, he's never played with Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl. Oh, no, that's right. He so played that, on a line with Riley Sheehan and Thomas Tatar in uh, in uh, Detroit. He did, and eh? they were, yeah, and they were a depth line, you know, probably third line. Yeah, and, and um, you know, so we'll see. Know, with 20, Shea, 20 points in the bottom six, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but it doesn't totally stink for a bottom six. It's certainly a fourth line player. 20 <laughs> points. I mean, you see guys on the orders with five and three and nine, you know, that kind of stuff. So Zero anybody, goals. <laughs> that can happen. It happened to Riley Sheehan almost too in Detroit, yeah. anyway. 
Yeah, uh, you never lived that down. Like Riley Sheehan, like at least he scored one, didn't he? Right? He scored two in game number 82. Good for him. Last game of the season, he bailed it, bailed himself out with a brace. A brace. I like that. Huh. A brace of rabbits right out of the, out of the rings. <laughs> All right. And, or British soccer, they talk about. That's an old Newfie term, and it's from soccer, absolutely. That's, All my, right. that's my roots. All right, Bruce, thanks for talking tonight. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.